Do you know you're made for the glory of God? Can I get an amen? Come on, come on. Somebody say amen. Man, I'm telling you what, you will never hear about this. I will go on record right now. You will never hear of a church say, we have enough money. I will go on record. Find me that pastor. I'll take him out to Dairy Queen. Why are we so different as a church? Well, we believe in Jesus and the principle of giving and, and receiving, so we don't have to manipulate you to do it. From the very beginning, God told me that if we give our tithes faithfully, whatever is in the house will always cover the bills. So God will never give me a vision beyond what people are giving in their tithes. Then if I take my time as a pastor and pray about Lanyap, something extra, he will always meet the need in the church every single time. There was one time about five years ago, excuse me, seven years ago, where I went above what God had said, and that caused an entire mess. Now, I never lost my integrity. I never changed how we operated. I just went beyond what God said, and I learned to become so much more sensitive. And these last five years have been a proof that this always works. So let me give you an example. We go to the Internet. We say we need a used box truck around uh, 17 feet. How much are they going for with low mileage, good condition? Well, they're going between $9,9500. we are going to do our own modifications, cut out the side, put stage parts on it, put a wench in it to lower it down, raise it. How much is that going to cost? Maybe about 1000 with our own guys doing the labor. We're going to paint it. We're going to put the vinyl on it. We're going to make it look nice. What's that going to be? About another 1000 So you got about 9000 plus 2000 That's 11000 You always got to add something. Something extra in there. If something goes wrong, you say twelve thousand, and that's how we do it. So we come before you. We say twelve thousand. But as we go, we start to pray and we say, God, favor us. Give us a deal. Do for us what you do for your children. And so as I began to look around at these U-Haul trucks, after I priced them out, I began to understand that they are overstocked, that they have too many of them. So I began to do my due diligence, as every person here would who takes a dollar serious. And eventually I found a great way to do it was to go to U-Haul, who has them overstocked, go directly to their corporate office, see where they have them around the city of and then I told them what we are doing as a church. And then I explained to them, and so they brought it down from like 10200 all the way down to $7,000. All the way down. So boom, right there, we went all the way down $3,000 from what that price would have been. And so then, like I said, as a pastor, what can I do? I can say, well, you know, more money is never a problem, so let's just raise the rest of it. But you know what? As a good pastor, I always look at it and I say, if I was doing this as a family man, I would say, honey, we have the money. Let's shut down, uh, you know, raising money or taking money out of our uh, savings for this. It's done. Let's move on. And that's what I want you to see as a pastor. You see how I just did that? And if you're tracking with us, those of you who have been with us, that's the third time in a row we've just done that. Before when we got the lights and the projector, this brand new projector and all of that, we were under about $2,000 because the Lord uh, gave us a great deal on the projector and, and the lights and these different things. And I was actually going to spend more money on the lights. And then when I started to price it out, I said, man, we don't need to make it like the United Center in here. I think these are adequate. So I actually said, we're going to lower the budget and just stick with what we have. Why am I taking the time to do that? Because I want you to
to trust us as a church. Churches have gotten bad reputations for not being trustworthy. And then I want you to learn to sow seed. So my wife and I, we sowed seed twice on this building fund. We enjoyed it. We went back and prayed again and said, Lord, help us to give. Because we know that when we give, we receive. And not only do we receive in like manner, you know, finances, but we receive peace of mind about the finances we ever ha- we already have. So let's put it this way. If I never received another dollar out of what I gave God, if God never multiplied and gave me a good deal here or saved me money here or blessed me with a growing church here, which would be a growing business, if he never did that, if it was just I give the money and I just say, Lord, I love you and I'll receive a treasure in heaven, that would be awesome. You know why? Because when I give my money to God, I give my problems with it. I give my problems of money with it. And that's why the Bible says those who are blessed are are, are too blessed to be stressed. So even if that was just the only benefit is that when I sowed my seed in finances to God, that was my way of breaking greed off of my heart, giving my financial troubles to the Lord, receiving his wisdom in peace, it would be worth it. But he is so much better than that. Come on, somebody say he's a good God. You see, I can preach to you like this because you don't have to think I'm manipulating. You see, so often preachers talk about money and you think we need your money. No, it's already done. And I didn't even need 700 of it. So just listen to me. I'm doing this for you right now. I'm stopping to do this for you. Look at your neighbor and say, this is for you. This is for you. Learn to sow seed. Next time you see a building project come up, and one won't come for December. It will be sometime in January, if even after that. Whenever it comes up, you take a hold of that. You take a hold of that as a way to partner with the kingdom of God. Because those I see, and and I'm not trying to make you feel bad if this was a tough year financially, because we've all gone through them. Like I said, I went through when I made a bad decision. Sometimes it's just bad things happen to good people. My dad was an awesome giving man, and one of his businesses went bad one of the hardest times of his life. It just happened. He started a convenience store across the street. Uh, A bigger name, a company like Amico started one across the street, and they just drove their prices down until they ran them out of business. Nothing you could do. It just happens, okay? But listen to me. On average, and I mean this as a high average, I'm talking 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10 people I see in this church that are doing well financially jump on opportunities to give. They jump on them because they see it as a part of the kingdom investment. It, it, they, they understand when I sow into God's kingdom, I'm sowing my financial worries. I'm giving God my best so he can give me his best. And then what they do is they start looking for God in their, their life to bless them. And they come with an expectation, a confidence that when they're going to start this business, God's going to be with them. When they begin to sell or buy, God is going to be with them. And I'm not talking about being stingy. Uh, by the way, when I called up that, uh, that, that U-Haul company, I said to them right off the bat, I said, I already have the money. I, I, that's how I negotiate. I say, I already have the money. I can pay the 10200 the $10, right now if you want me to. I said, but here's the deal. I want to give you an opportunity to invest into Chicago. Here's what I want you to do. Every money and dollar that you save, I'm going to give right back to the community. So I'm not begging you, and I'm not trying to manipulate you with the sob story. Here's the deal, though. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. And that's why, by the way, the kind of houses that I live in that my wife and I rent, we get them at least three dollars to $400 lower than what they're supposed to be. Because I come to them and I say this to them. I say, you rent me this. I live in a $500,000 house. Somebody say, amen. God's been good. I ain't shy about it. And uh, God's blessed me and I don't take what doesn't belong to me and I love to sow seed and the Lord has been good. But when I negotiate with them, somebody say negotiate. When I negotiate with them, I just come right off the top. I say, here's my budget, but here's the deal. 
This is what you'll get with me. You'll get a Christian living in your house. I will take care of this house. I will treat it as if it was my own and even better. I will be in constant communication with you when anything goes wrong. I will take out of my money to fix it, and if you want to reimburse me, that is up to you. When I went into the house, the guy gave me about $200 discount into this one. I, I told him, I said, it needs about $1,000 worth of repairs. Little did I know, when he had left the house, he had damaged his own doors and walls and all that. But see, I didn't know that. So I said, listen, I'm going to take $1,000 out of my own money, fix up what had happened here, because I I thought it was a previous tenant or something, and I said, I'm going to do it. The moment I had said that, he said, you know what? It was actually my family. When we moved out, we did that. Man, look, you go get the guy, you get the contractor, and I'll pay him for you. Do you see how that works? Do you see the difference? When you come to people with confidence, not begging, not looking for a handout, but you come with the blessing of the Lord, and you come thinking about business that way, you come looking at your customer as a win-win. You're not trying to take something from them. You're not trying to manipulate manipulate them. You want to bless them. You want to do something great in their life. That's how Christians come to the, to, to, the, to the world. And that's why when I come to church, it's an honor to give. It's an honor to seek after God. And so I had to just take that moment to tell you that because it's so amazing that a church this size, literally this year, we're going to break a quarter million dollars. I already see the numbers coming in toward, you know, one month length, December. And we brought in, I think, almost $20,000 for the building fund. We had two different projects and everything is debt free. Not one dollar on a credit card and everything has been taken care of and my wife and I still don't take our full salary by the way because we're waiting to do that I think till next year I've waited 12 years to take a full salary but we're getting closer and closer can somebody say amen and so and yeah I know y'all are gonna feel sorry for me knowing the house I live in now but here's the deal that's only God and I want to see him do it in your I want to see him do it in your life because if he did it for me he'll do it for you amen come on somebody say amen all right open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 11 I love talking about money when you don't think I need your money. Just wanted to bless you right there. Wanted to give you a good encouragement. Thank you, by the way. If I didn't say that, I'm so sorry. Thank you for those who give and make this church possible. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 and onward, we're going to learn today about a new humanity. Everybody say a new humanity. Thank you. A new humanity, that is the plan of God. Did you know that, that he wants to have a new humanity? We are now going to conclude chapter 2, and watch how quickly we get into chapter 3. Next week, we'll get into the latter part of chapter 3. This may be going a little bit faster than some of you thought. Hope that you're reading the book of Ephesians verse by verse with me, either taking on the passages that I'm going to preach before the week or reading the entire book. Oftentimes, I'll read it every day, and then I'll read other things. It only takes 20 or 30 minutes. If you have read it at least one time, can I hear an amen, the book of Ephesians? Okay, so you know what's coming right here then. This is Paul's entire section about the Gentile people. And don't get lost in chapters and verses. It was meant as one letter. When you get a message from somebody on Facebook, do you read one sentence at a time and then go, come back a week later? Or do you read the whole message? You know you better read that whole message because it already shows that you've looked at it, right? They're expecting a response now. What's well, the same thing with the Word of God? Don't think chapter, verse, chapter, verse, and all these things. Think letter. Read it in its entirety. And so what we're going to do right now is get this entire thought that Paul has about the Gentile people. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ. Let me say separate from Christ. Thank you. Excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. Everybody say without God in the world. 
Thank you. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. This is a very important principle you now need to understand about the Bible. God created Adam and Eve. The human race went on until Noah's generation. They were so wicked that he wiped them out except for Noah, his wife, three male children, and their three wives. That's a total of eight people. Then the human race developed after that. God picked out of that, out of Babylon, picked out Abraham, started a new nation, and then called those people the Israelites. It's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His grandson, Jacob, got the name Israel and from there, they went into Egypt, got delivered, had the 12 tribes, lived in the land, 613 laws. Jesus came through that nation, and then Jesus said, now go to all the nations and make disciples. Can I hear an amen? Now look at what Paul is saying right here. He's saying, y'all used to be uncircumcised Gentiles. A Gentile is somebody that is a non-Jew, somebody that is a non-Jew. So I want everybody to Stand up for me, please. Come on, everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. If you are Jewish by blood descent, would you please sit down? She's sitting down. Lauren Sayinsky and her sister Robin are the only one Jewish by descent. Let's give it up for them. Jewish. Now everybody keep standing. Watch. Paul's talking about you now. You better get the revelation right now. You were excluded from the promises God gave those people. You and I, let me put myself there. I come from Poland and Italy. We were excluded from the, not only the benefits of that nation, we were excluded from the covenant, the covenant, the deal God made with Moses. That wasn't for us. That was only for them. And then we were taken out of the promise. We didn't get the promise that they had. And we were without hope and without God in the world. You may be seated on that serious note. Now let me help you understand what I mean without hope and without God from our cultures. Last week I said it a little bit jokingly. Today I don't want to do that because I don't want you to miss the seriousness of it. Every single one of our cultures except the Jewish people were idolaters, wicked, and deserving of God's judgment. Y'all better get that. Let me start with me and my white privilege, okay? Let's go back to Rome. Let's go back to the Roman Empire. I show up to my paisans. What's up? What's up? Let's manja. Let's have some pizza. Oh, you're talking to me? You're talking to me? I, sh I can't even do this without joking around. I go to Rome. I'm without the covenant of God. It don't matter if I'm a Roman citizen. God does not bless Rome. I am outside of the presence of God, literally like as if God, the real God, doesn't even exist. Now, you think these people are my friends? If I become a Christian, I switch sides and say I'm going to follow the Jewish Messiah. I am now down with them. This is now my king. Do you know what the emperor of Rome did to Christians for 300 years? They lit them on fire. They put them into the gladiator arenas to be eaten by wild animals. They skinned them alive. That's what they did to people like me in my own culture. My Roman citizen counted for nothing 
when I switched to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you listening? Now let me go to your culture. A lot of Latinos here, you know, you like to celebrate Indigenous Day. You think the Aztecs, you think the Mayans were your friends? They sacrificed their own people. They colonized their own land. They raped and pillaged their own people. And so you go to them and you're like, que paso? You know, pum, 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 pum. And then you say, look, I got this, I got this, uh, the, whatever you call it, like an afghan that I bought at the market. And chilapa, hey, pum, 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 pum. Now, what do they do? They take you to that pyramid. They take you to that pyramid that you took a selfie in front of, and now they ask you, is this your God, this emperor at the top of that pyramid? Is that your God? And you say, no, I've switched. I'm with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm with the God of the Jewish people. That is my God that cut out your heart while you are alive. Are you listening? Same thing in the Asian dynasties of China and India. Same thing with the light skin. We go to the Vikings. We, we go to the people that lived in those times, in the times of Europe. Now, I'm not trying to say that Christian culture had a right to come and imperialize them in the name of Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. That's ungodly too because Christianity comes by choice, not by force. But what I'm saying is you better take a moment here and identify with what Paul is saying. He is saying you used to be a Gentile by birth. You were uncircumcised. You were excluded from Israel. You were a foreigner to the covenant. You had no promise. You had no hope. And the bottom line is it was like God wasn't even in the world. You were an idolater, but because of Jesus, you've been brought near. You've been brought near. Every tribe in Africa brought near by the blood of Jesus. I, I could go there too, to the east, my brother, to the east. Oh, we're going to Africa. We're going to go find our brothers in Africa. Same thing. Is this witch doctor your, your priest? Are you praying to the ancestors here? No, I've switched. I've gone to the Jewish tribes. I've become born again by the blood of Jesus. They'll set you on fire and eat you alive. I don't mean to ridicule any of our cultures, but I am here today to tell you all of our cultures except the Jewish people were the ones that were headed for hell. Now, are Jewish people still headed for hell? Yeah, Jewish people crucified Jesus because they didn't recognize him. So our sister right here, don't get in because she was a Jew. She better get born again too. Are you all listening? But the promise came to those people. Let's keep going. For he himself, talking about Jesus, is our peace. He has made the two groups one. So what were the two groups? The Jewish group and everybody else, the Gentiles. He has made those two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Because you know you would be hating on the Jews. You know you'd be upset with the Jews. Why do you think the Jews still to this day are the most persecuted group out of all the planet? I understand number two come the African Americans. I totally get that. But I'll tell you what, you look at the thousands of years of human history. How many times have Jewish people been tried to be annihilated? 
during the time of Babylon, during the time of Assyria, during the time of Egypt, during the time of Rome, during the time of the Inquisitions when the Roman Catholic Church was giving them a hard time. They burned Jewish people at the stake with the reformers like us, Christians. We died at the same stakes with the Jewish people. And then, of course, we know about Nazi Germany, and we know today about anti-Semitism. See, God destroyed that boundary. Every nation, tribe, and language should love the Jewish people and understand what God did in human history. God chose them to be the people in which the Messiah would come from. The flesh of Jesus, which he rose from the dead with, is Jewish flesh, born of the seed of David. Come on, somebody. And I'm going, to get, I'm going to get ahead right now. The new humanity that you get, that new flesh you get at resurrection, your DNA is Jewish. Your DNA comes from the seed of David because he put his seed in you. Amen. We're not Jewish now and we shouldn't pretend to be, but we're being unified with them. And at the resurrection, we will be the one nation, the chosen of God. Look at verse 15. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. Say it with me together. One, two, three. One new humanity. That was the purpose out of the two, thus making peace. So it was always God's plan for us to go back to one new humanity. He never wanted to, there to be different cultures. It was always supposed to be Adam and Eve and everybody living perfect in the garden. And even after the flood with Noah and the kids, it was supposed to be the same thing. But it was at the Tower of Babel that we tried to rebel against God and he cursed us with different languages, which then sent us to different places across the globe. And by isolating our populations, we isolated our gene code where we got the different cultures. See, in one body, he reconciled both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. So out of those 613 laws of the Old Testament, do you want to know why I still believe homosexuality is a sin according to the Old Testament, but I can eat shrimp, which they used to call a sin in the Old Testament? You want to know why? It's because Jesus took upon himself all the laws that had to do with the Jewish culture and making them a different kind of culture. 90% of those 613 laws were not moral laws. They were laws according to their civil priestly order. It was ways for their diet to be different so they could stand out from the rest. It was a way for their dress to be different so they could stand out for the rest. Their holidays to be different so they could stand out to the rest. Now here itself, Jesus, uh, Paul is saying us what Jesus had said, I didn't come to do away with the law but to fulfill the law. So the regulations are fulfilled now in Christ and they're set aside as a new humanity comes with a new covenant. So we keep really simple, watch this, the moral laws of the Old Testament into the New Covenant. So now all nations follow the moral laws of the Jewish people. We don't have to follow the Jewish diet, the Jewish dress code, the Jewish civil order, but we need to follow the Jewish morality. How many know lying is still wrong no matter what time you live in or what culture you live in? How many know stealing is wrong? And homosexuality is just one of those things. So if anybody ever asked you, why is it in the same passage it says where homosexuality is a sin, it says not to eat shrimp, and you guys pick this one but not that one, it's because Jesus taught us when he was here, he said, these are the laws I will make in my new covenant, and these are the ones that I'm not going to make in my new covenant because he said that's the difference. The difference was one was for the Jewish people, now one is for all the nations. Can I hear an amen? And I preached a whole sermon on that, by the way, in our Hot Topic sermon series on Old Testament laws and how they apply to the New Testament. Everybody with a tattoo said amen. Oh, y'all shy now. Come on. Everybody with a tattoo said amen. All right. Some of y'all still want to judge them and take them out and stone them, but you better love them. Come on. 
He came and preached to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. So Jesus was not only the God of the Jews, he was also the God of the Gentiles. Now watch the Trinity in verse 18. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Through him is the Son, access to the Father by the Holy Spirit. You see Paul's thinking here? Father, Son, Spirit. How do I get to the Father? By the Son. And how do I know the Son is with me? By the Spirit. Now watch the good news right here. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his house. So everybody look at our one Jewish person over here and say, hey, sis. Hey, sis, see, I'm a fellow member with you now. I'm not on the outside anymore. You don't have a one-up on me anymore. I'm a fellow citizen with God's people. I'm a member of his house now. I got my adoption papers. This this Italian stallion made it, amen? I got my adoption papers. Verse 20, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And that's why in our confession, we build the church upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons. Now, there's five, uh, five total gifts in the church, apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. That We'll learn about that in Ephesians 4, but he's summarizing it there with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. So in God's house, who's in charge? Jesus, and who does he work through? The apostles and the prophets. In him, the whole building is joined and together raises, arises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Somebody say, I'm the temple of the Lord. Amen. Now look at verse 22. Here it comes again. But here's another Trinitarian verse. In him, who is in him right here referring to? Jesus, the name of our sermon series through the book of Ephesians is in him. And in Jesus, you two are being built up together to become a dwelling in which God the Father, we know God when it says it in that way means the Father. God the Father lives by his Spirit, Father, Son, Spirit. How many are being built up to be the temple of the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus died on, your cro- died on the cross for your sins, and now God is your Father. How many can say amen to that? You're God's household. Now, does God love our different cultures? Absolutely. God loves the expressions of our personalities and of our cultures. But let, it, let there be no twisted way about it. Jerusalem is the capital of the kingdom, and you better be a citizen of that nation. Okay? That's what it's about. It's, it's about the kingdom of God. Remember, he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is, as, as in heaven. Where's the capital of that kingdom? Jerusalem. What is the nationality of the person sitting on that throne? Jewish, son of David, Jesus. God, man, right? The man that the flesh that he took on was of the seed of David. And so now you and I got our adoption papers. We got our citizenship. So we do not look at the world in a caste system or in a way of looking down upon the world. No, as Christians, even the Jewish people don't get to go, no, 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 no. They have to humble themselves because they miss Jesus and crucified him. So if they ever try to get one up on us, be like, hey, man, look at me. I'm Jewish. Look at me. We could be like, look, y'all people killed our Jesus. You know, but then they could say, but we handed them over to the Romans, the Gentiles, and they did it for us. So you see, they are Jew and Gentile at a part of Jesus' crucifixion. But they can't say, no, 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 because Jesus now wants the whole world to testify of his goodness. If somebody has a question and says, well, what about back then in the Old Testament? Those who were Gentiles could make peace with Israel and live among them. And as you learn throughout the Bible, some of them had great standing in even the nation of Israel. Rahab the prostitute was taken in as a citizen. Caleb, Joshua's friend Caleb, was 
was not an Israeli-born citizen, and he had a great inheritance in the kingdom of God. Study the nature of Caleb there. So there was even a great blessing back then. But the sad thing was everybody wanted to pick on little old Israel, so God had to use Israel to whoop their butt all the time. Amen? Okay, our God is a butt-whooping God. Come on, somebody say amen like you ain't a coward in the church. Amen. He's coming back not as Barney but as a king. Amen? Here's the good news. You all just finished chapter 2. Isn't this awesome? We've gone now through chapter 2, and by the end of today, you'll be at the middle of chapter 3 of Ephesians. Let's keep reading, though, because remember, chapters and verses are not important. The thought of the passage is, and Paul's continuing his thought. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, he says, look, I'm in jail. And that's where we learn it right here. It's the first time he says it. He'll say it again later. So he's writing the book of Ephesians from jail. And why is he there? Because he's preaching to the Gentiles. Who are the ones that are getting him arrested? It's actually the Jews because they're upset that he's telling Gentiles that they have a place in the kingdom of God. And it's the Jews who keep handing them into the Roman guards. So literally, like what they did to Jesus, Jews hand uh, Jesus over to the Romans. The Jews are handing Paul over to the Romans because they could have a subculture in their laws. And then Rome gave them a certain latitude that if they, uh, if people broke Jewish laws, Jewish people could put them in jail. Okay, and so the Romans, uh, uh, you know, allowed some of that to happen. And so literally, Paul is saying, "I am locked up because I am telling you Gentiles, you belong in the kingdom." Isn't that awesome that Paul did that for us? Y'all should be thankful for Paul. I think you're more bored right now with Paul. Is Paul boring you? Paul went to jail so that Gentiles could hear the gospel. Anybody ever do that for you? Come on, think about that. That's a special thing. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. So God gave Paul grace that was supposed to be given to the Gentiles. And we're going to learn what that grace was. That is the mystery known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. And remember we heard the word mystery in chapter 1. The mystery is being revealed. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? Here it is, verse 5, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, everybody say the gospel. Thank you. The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of how many bodies? One body and sharers together in the, prom in the promise of Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? We were once not a people. We didn't once have a covenant. God didn't make a covenant with us. He made it with the Israelites. Aztecs weren't there. Are you listening? African tribes weren't there. It was a small Middle Eastern tribe that he made that covenant with. And so all of us, we could have been damned because of what our ancestors did. Because if you ever want to think about how they got in that condition of worshiping this and bowing down to that and making that pyramid, we got there because we rebelled against the stories of Noah's generation. Okay, we got there because we stopped listening to what God had said. And that's why when you find ancient people with these traditions, you find things in common with the God of Israel because they took those traditions from Noah's generation and spread out into their paganism, keeping some of the truth. But now through the gospel, because Jesus was, was crucified, was buried, rose again, now all nations with Israel become one body and share together in the promise 
of the new humanity, the new creation that God is making. Oh, come on. Is anybody else excited? Verse 7 and onward, he says, I became. Somebody say, I became. This needs to be your calling too. I became a servant of this gospel. Everybody here should be a servant of this gospel. By the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power, God enables us to preach this gospel to our friends and family. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given to me. Paul, why did you have a great grace upon your life? To preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. What does God want you to do now with his grace? Preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ. What should you tell your neighbors tomorrow, your coworkers, your friends and family today at the lunch? You should tell them about the boundless riches of Christ. And to make plain, everybody say, make it plain. Thank you. Make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. So in the beginning of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then moving on to Moses' time and this, uh, you know, these things of the Bible, it was a mystery how God was going to bring it all together with the rest of the nations, because Israel was always so small compared to the population of the world. But when Jesus came, he said, I got other sheep you need know not of. He said, go into all the world and make disciples of the nations, teaching them all that I've commanded you. And so now the mystery has been revealed. And when we go back and look at the prophets, we see that they were talking about blessings coming upon the Gentiles. It was there the whole time and nobody understood it until Jesus, the fullness of the Father and the revelation of his love came and demonstrated it to us. Then he sent the Holy Spirit at his ascension, you know, 50 days after his ascension. And now the Spirit is in Paul. And Paul says, I got it. I understand it by God's grace. He wants the whole world now to be in his body. And it's going to come to an awesome climax. Look at it, verse 10. His intent was that now, somebody say now, through the church, not just the nation over there we call Israel, but through the church. And I love a church like this. Let's look around this church. Every nation, tribe, and language, and generation, male and female, young and old. Come on. That through the church, the manifold or multidimensional wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So first and foremost, we tell the devil, you don't win. You don't get Italy, devil. You don't get Mexico. You don't get the continent of Africa. You don't get China. You don't get it. Jesus wins. All authority in heaven and on earth belongs to Jesus. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So we make it known to the devil, I belong to Jesus. And then look at verse 11, 12, and 13. According to his eternal purpose. It's a lot longer than this life, y'all. Your life is just but a dot on a paper compared to an endless, an endless rope going into the future. So many times we trade our future for what we have here, and God says there's an eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him. Do we do this by good works, by going to church more? Come on, somebody say yes or no. No, we don't get it by our good works. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I have confidence today that Jesus loves me. 
When I believed that he made me sinless, I sin less. Come on, somebody. When I believe that he died on the cross because he loved me so much, there's no guilt that can keep me from coming to church and praying and singing songs to Jesus. You know what happens when you stop living for God? You lose your confidence. You start to feel guilty. You hate your life. You get bitter towards others. Oh, but those of us who live for Jesus, how many know there's confidence? There's freedom. I don't have to wonder where God is at the funeral because something bad happened in my life. No, I go to the funeral going, Jesus, you're walking here with me. Because though I walk through the valley of the shadow of, the, of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And then he ends, verse 13, because he's locked up for preaching this message. He says, I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you. He says, which are your glory? It's good that I'm in jail if you got to hear this message. I want to end just by giving you a chart to help you get it. It's in the notes. You can go back over and look at it this week. But I want you to get the details of this. You see, before Jesus, there's only one race with two cultures, the human race, Jew and Gentile. Therefore, remember that you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise without hope and without God in the world. Only one race, the human race. We all trace our way back to Adam and Eve. And in the human race, there's only really two cultures. You go, man, I'm, um, I'm Bolivian. It don't matter, you Gentile. Oh, man, I'm Scandinavian. I can't even do these accents. I'm Scandinavian. So what? You're Gentile. Are you listening? I'm from Peru. You're Gentile. I'm from Italy. You're Gentile. Oh, I'm from this little, this little you know, village in India. Gentile. That's what the Bible says. Two cultures in the entire world, Jew, non-Jew. Jew, Gentile. All of us were Gentiles except the Jewish people. But Jesus loved the Gentiles enough to save us. Can I hear an amen? But now watch what happens. Get this. After Jesus, now there are two races, and they're beginning to separate. Two races, a different kind of human is being developed right now. See, we're all the same blood right now, aren't we? But when Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't have the same blood of Adam. He had the God kind of blood. And I'm about ready to get a taste of that new flesh and that new body. Are you listening? See, when Jesus raised from the dead, he could walk through walls. He's a different kind of human. Y'all better get this. Look at what the Bible says and think, in case you think I'm making it up. For he himself is our peace, who made the two groups one, destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh, in his flesh, with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new what? One new what? One new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. You got this body from Adam. If you don't get a born-again body, you're going to hell with all the other people. But if you get a new body, you're a part of a new human race. Look at what Paul said in Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be Conform to the image of his son. Where did you get your image from? Your mom, your dad, your mom, your grandma, their grandma, you know, you, you got it from your mom and dad. Where'd they get it from? Their mom and dad, where'd they get it from? You get it all the way back to Adam and Eve. Do you get it? That's where you got this image from. 
all the way back from Adam and Eve because we sinned and fell. But it says, now God predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. Now watch this, that he, talking about Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. When Jesus raised from the dead, he said, this is the start of a new human race. Everybody coming with me, y'all on a whole nother level. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 17. Some of y'all about ready to get your mind blown because you read this verse before, but you didn't get it like you about ready to have it right now. Even some of my leaders watch it. So from now on, no, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. So I don't just look at you and be like, oh man, you my Python, you from Italy. Man, to hell with that, because I don't know if you real in your spirit with me. You ain't my brother. I got people who look exactly like me, Chicago Shore, pumping their fists at clubs. Ain't my brother. But I have a man here today that will look totally opposite of me, but he's my brother. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not the Jersey Shore brother. I'm a brother with every Christian. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? My sister is not born again. She's going to hell. I am not with that race that she's in anymore. I came to another race with Jesus Christ. Y'all better get this. Because Jesus came as a man like us, but when he was raised, he had a new kind of flesh, a new kind of body that could walk through walls. So from now on, we don't regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Do not regard Christ by the color of his skin. It doesn't matter if he was a white man, a black man, a Latino man, an Asian man. He was the God man, the starter of a new human race. Now watch verse 17, and you tell me what it means if it don't tie into this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the... Y'all ain't ready for that. Come on. Did that just... The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Right now, I am a new creation on the inside. I'm not to treat you as a different race. No, because I'm still in an earthly body like you. This is not to make us now mistreat you. It's not like Christians are supposed to go in around the world and act like Muslims. No, we don't do that to people. That is a wicked belief of Islam that they have the right to do that. No, 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 no. What we're simply saying is to the world, come and join the new human race. Come and be born again. How about that? Does that say a little differently now to some of y'all? born again by the Father. You were born the first time by an earthly father. Get born again by the heavenly Father. Let me just make it plain one more time for y'all. Let me just make it real plain. Somebody say make it plain. Galatians 3, 26 through 29. So in Christ you are all children of God through faith. How many children of God do I have here today? So that means if you read Romans, excuse me, if you read John chapter 6, it says those who are not born again are children of who? The devil, he literally, and, and you know who he said that to? He said that to Jewish people, and that freaked them out. They said, we are not children of the devil. We come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, but I ain't judging y'all like that no more. I'm looking at your heart, and you of the devil. I'll take this Samaritan woman, make them my daughter. I'll raise up a rock and call him my child if I have to. You understand the Revy now? He was calling even the Jewish people children of the devil because he says, you don't get in now just because of who your mommy and daddy were. That was for me to make a covenant, to have a nation, to bring forth the Messiah. He, Jesus is now here. And he says, now that I'm here, I don't need a nation with 613 laws. I just really need a nation with two laws, love God and love people. And every nation can become a part of that nation if they get born again. So in Christ Jesus... 
You are all children of God through faith. Watch this. For all of you were baptized into Christ, who have who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, nor slave or free. Neither is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ. Because we all used to be one in Adam and Eve, but if we've been born again, now we're all one in Christ. If you belong to Christ Jesus, now you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you believe that today, can you stand up and give it up for Jesus? Come on, let's give it up for Jesus who didn't let the devil win. Come on, let's give it up. Band and altar workers, would you come, please? I know it's deep, and some of y'all think it could be crazy and cultish, but it's just right, man. It's tight, but it's right. Most of us have never even heard it that way because we haven't understood what the whole purpose of this is. And that's why when you go verse by verse through a book of the Bible, you can't just skip around and just go, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, and then take another verse over here. When you go verse by verse, you start to learn stuff, don't you? What do we learn from the, what have we learned from the book of Ephesians from chapter 1 now to 3 verse 13? What we've learned is that God is saving a people from every nation, tribe, and language to start a new humanity when he comes back and judges the world. You are my sister. Why do you, come on people, why do you think they called each other brothers and sisters in the church? To the brothers, to the brothers of this church, to the sisters. I commend to you my sister Phoebe in Romans chapter 16. I commend to you my sister Phoebe, my brother. This one is like a son to me. This one is like a mother to me. Why is that happening? It's because some of us don't have saved mothers. And you need one. You need someone to love you like a mother, but in the kingdom of God. Some of y'all don't have saved fathers. You need an older man to look up to who loves God, who doesn't want to take anything from you. He doesn't want to have you come sell Prime America with him. He doesn't want to have you build his business. It's not about money and business with him. He just wants to love you. Some of you don't have Christian siblings, and God wants you to know this. See, I don't have a Christian brother. This is my brother. I got a body with DNA that I share in common with a, a man that they say it's my brother. Yes, that's true, and I love him, and I pray for him, but as my sister died drinking and driving, if he were to die, I ain't seeing him no more. But I'm going to be with this brother forever. I'm going to be with this brother forever. I'm going to be with this brother. And it doesn't matter if this is the Aztec warrior, and this is the most biggest, strongest WWF Filipino you have ever met. It doesn't matter. I can have these as my bodyguards, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're Asian, Caucasian, Latino, African, it doesn't matter. You're my brother, you're my sister. If you're older than me and you're serving God, you're like a mother, you're like a father. If you're younger than me, I wanna be like an older brother. If I'm old enough to be your parent, I wanna be like an uncle or a spiritual father. So here's the deal, today, you and I, we got a choice. We can stay with the damnable, uh, the damnable race of Adam because they sinned and fell, and that's how we were born into sin. We can stay with that, or we can be born again into the new humanity and live forever with Jesus Christ, the second Adam.
Let's make our choice up right now. Come on. If you've already made up your choice, would you raise up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. If you haven't yet, would you say, Jesus, come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to enter into the new humanity that you're creating out of Jew and Gentile. Do you know how you get born again? You just confess your sins. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Do that right now and watch what God will do. Do it right now. Watch what God will do. Come on. Forgive us. Heal us. Change us. Make us a new creation. Those of you who are already born again, start to pray for your friends and family who may not make it today if judgment were to come. They wouldn't be here. They wouldn't rule and reign with Christ. They wouldn't experience the blessings of the new heaven and new earth. We pray for souls to be saved. We pray for lives to be changed. A few more moments. Change citizenship right now. I thank God for America, but American citizenship's not getting me into the kingdom. I have to become a fellow citizen with Israel today. I must be born again by the Jewish Messiah, Jesus, Yeshua, the Mashiach. I must come to Jesus. A few more moments. Pray for families and friends. Those of you who are being born again, then just start to raise your hands and say, fill me, Holy Spirit. You can come to God the Father by Jesus and be filled with the Spirit. Even if you are born again and you want to sense the Spirit, ask the Lord to fill you. We learn that's how he tells us we're members of his body. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Come on, we should be being born again. If you're not, we should be thanking. We should be praying for friends and family. We should be being filled with the Spirit, longing for him to come back. And until he does, what are we going to do? We're going to make disciples of the nations. We're going to share with them. Everybody's welcome into the new humanity. Everybody can rule and reign with Christ. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God, you came to save the world, to recreate it, to make it new. You didn't come just to renovate it and do some touch-up. You came to make it brand new. Oh, thank you, Lord. Gracias, Señor. Say it in your own language, maybe where your, your culture is from. Come on, every language, every tribe right now glorifying Jesus. Come on, say it in Tagalog right now. Come on, thank the Lord. Oh, maraming salamat Dios. Hallelujah, Lord. You are so good. You are so good. We love you, Lord. We praise you, God. Words can't express, oh God, what you mean to us. Oh, maraming, maraming salamat Dios. Ikaw ang gusto niyo, Dios. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now in Spanish, I want my wife up here to do it in Greek. Gloria a Dios, Padre. Poderoso, te adoro, te adoro, te amo, Dios Padre. Gloria a ti, Señor Dios. Tú eres Jehová, tú eres Elohim, tú eres el Dios de amor, de gracia. Te adoramos, te alabamos. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. In hood right now for the African American people. Come on. Lord, 
Lord God, we thank you for who, who, who you are, Lord God, what you're doing in our city, Lord God, and our neighborhoods, Lord. Lord, Lord God, we, we lift you up on the west side, the south side, the north side, God, the east side, Lord. Lord God, thank you for, for who you are, Lord God, what you're doing in our city, Lord God, what, what you're doing in every people group, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. For all the European nations, her family comes from Sweden. Do it in Swedish or in English. God, we just glorify your name right now, Jesus. We thank you that we are under one race, the human race. God, that we are set apart as new creations, oh God. That we belong to you and you alone, not this world. That we are set apart to be lights in dark places, oh God. We give you all the glory, God. We just ask that you do great things in us and through us. We give you all the glory for you are good no matter what we face in this life. You are a good God. You are faithful and your love endures forever, God. Let that ooze from our beings, God, as these new creations, as we walk this earth, God, it is not our home, God, but our, our home is in heaven with you, oh God. We look to you, Jesus, and we just ask that you flow through us, Holy Spirit. In your name we pray. We give you all the glory. Thank you. For Greek and the Greek nations that came out of Greece, now we're one nation in Christ. Amen. I mean, doxa, doxa to Theo. Se doxazu me kirie. Se fkaristumi yatin agapisu. Se fkaristumi yatin irinisu. Doxa, doxa to Theo. Se gapu me kirie. Se doxazu me tono masu. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Doxa to Theo. Come on for the Polish people. Lord God, thank you for, for being holy, Lord God, and, and we want to follow you all our days, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. Come on, let's get Central and South America. Carlos, hermano, por favor, bien. Just pray in Spanish again, because we know every Latino nation is unique in its own special way. Oh, bendito Padre Celestial, gracias te damos, Señor. Gracias te damos porque estamos reunidos aquí en tu nombre. Gracias, Padre bendito. Gracias, Señor, por ser nuestro Salvador. Gracias por unir todas estas naciones, Señor. Gracias por tu iglesia, Padre Santo, que cada vez crece más en tu nombre, Padre Santo. En el nombre de tu Hijo Jesucristo. Gracias, Señor. Amén. Come on, give it up for her. Let's get our Jewish believer. Get our Jewish believer. She'll close us out in prayer. The Bible says if you want to be blessed, bless somebody from Israel. So take her out to eat. Amen. And then thank the Lord for, for Israel and then pray for Israel because Israel's not doing so good right now. Some of their nations around them don't like them. And then sometimes in the nation, they make bad decisions. They're becoming very open to the wrong agendas in some way. Just pray for God to bless Israel and for God to bless us. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you broke down the wall between the races, God, that, that the Gentiles have been engrafted in. God, we thank you for all of that. We lift up the Jewish people to you. We lift up the nation of Israel, God, and we declare salvation over them. We pray, God, that the blinders will be taken off of their eyes, that they would see you, Jesus, as the Messiah, that they would see you as the one that was promised. We pray. 
We pray, God, against the persecution, against the hatred that comes against your people. We pray, Lord, for protection on them and ultimately for salvation, for them to be wise, to make the right choices in government and in every situation that comes their way. I pray, Lord, for everybody in this room today that we would leave here with new understanding, that we would leave with a new new understanding that we are new creations, God, that we are one, that we are one body, brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers, God, that we would leave here with that understanding and be blessed today and every day in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say you're blessed by the best. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you at Life Groups. You are dismissed. Feel free to come up and receive prayers. Otherwise, we'll see you. God bless you.